My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, and it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. You know, just tell your whole podcast. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? Thanks for tuning in to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I'm your host, Mark Palmer, or Mark Palmer Steves, whichever you prefer. Both are true. I know those both sound like first names, but I promise you, uh, Steves is my last name. Anyways, this episode with Chaz and Sarah from the Awake Not Woke podcast happened back in June. It's a little bit. Uh, ahead or behind schedule over here, but that's all right. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Their podcast actually started around that time, so it might be better that we waited a little while because now if you enjoy Sarah and Chaz as much as I did, you can go and listen to their podcast. They have about, I think, seven or eight maybe uh, episodes out right now, and Sarah told me she had 20 interviews recorded all together, so stay tuned, uh, tune in to the Awake Not Woke podcast, and wake up, folks. I mean, if you're listening to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, then I think you know what's up. I think you know what is good, and if you want to see what's great, go on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash mftic. That's where our new podcast, Seen the Synchro Mystic Experiment in the Ever-Expanding Now. It's the only place you can find it is on Patreon. And we just interviewed Michael Wan and his significant other, Jenny Rivers. It was such a fantastic conversation. Tara and I uh, got to touch on so many different things with Mike and Jenny. And we hope you'll join us and, and take part in this journey Uh unfolding this mystery that we're all born into so thank you for listening and go show some love to sarah and chaz the awake not woke podcast you can find them uh all the places to listen to podcasts or you can go over to altmediaunited.com and find them they should be at the top of the page there that's a website i made myself folks with my own hands check that out a lot of great podcasts on altmediaunited.com But thank you so much for tuning in, and be sure to follow us on Instagram. Let me know how you like the show, and if you have any guest suggestions as well. But for now, Sarah and Chaz from the Awake Not Woke podcast. Two spheres that 
incorporate ritual magic and nature magic and they are pretty much interchangeable the line between them is much more blurred than some of the higher spheres on the tree which represent the more uh, divine and holy aspects of these same energies but it's just a duality of magical energy and astral energy or god energy on the lowest plane of existence in these higher realms so from the earth realm it's the most accessible so this is the first accessible energy that we have when we're doing these ritual magic or nature magic spells to just enrich our daily lives whether you're concentrating it into a candle or concentrating it into like a spell bag or herbs or something like that it's just the concentrating and the conscious manipulating of that energy and whether it's to manipulate that and for it to create something later or to just maintain energy for whatever reason that may be Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I'm rolling solo today. My co-host might pop in at some point. Who knows where she is out there in the ether. But with me for the first time, I'm really, really excited to have them both on the show with me. Not only because they're a part of Alt Media United, not only because they just got their podcast launched and off the ground, but because they're awake, not woke, folks. Hey. And that's what's most important, right? We need to be awake to what's going on in the world. Sarah and Chaz, how are you? Tell us, how you doing today? Good. Hey, good. Hi. It's a pleasure to have you both here. I love the name of your show. When I saw it on Instagram, I said, this is a podcast I need to know about. I need to listen to it. And I found out that you you basically just got going, right? So tell tell me a little yeah, bit yeah. about that. What what made you decide to start a podcast? Well, Chas and I have been friends for a while and actually our whole first episode is about our spiritual journey and where we came from. So listen to that to get the entire scoop. But we both have been very interested in spirituality and later on in our friendship conspiracy and what yeah. we call like red pill topics like taking the red pill and waking up to some of the things that are happening in our government and our society we both have been going on this path kind of together and we have so many conversations and i we read so many books and just so much information passes passes between us that i finally was like i we need to start a podcast and <laughs> I had always been interested in media. I took broadcasting classes in high school and I briefly joined the radio broadcasting club or whatever at my college. So I knew I could figure this out and it was just a matter of getting it going. So yeah, I did. I, I got it going. <laughs> yeah, she did. Sarah's amazing with all of that. I am here and very grateful to be along for the ride and just sharing space with her throughout our journey and with everyone we come into contact with through this. So it's really exciting. Yeah, right on. And and you, what you mentioned just there at the end, the journey and the unraveling and all the people that come into the fold once you start kind of taking your purpose into your own hands, right? Because this is yeah. part of yeah. your your purpose, I would imagine, right? Becoming more spiritual Absolutely. and at the same time, helping others find that 
in themselves and in their own lives. Yeah, I love that you bring that up because for me personally, too, uh, with this whole podcast, I am I'm a Virgo and I only bring that up because I'm very, very Virgo. If anybody out there is into astrology at all, I have a sun, moon, rising, Mercury and a Venus in Virgo. So a, my, a huge part of my personality is Virgo. I'm very consistent. So that makes me very detail oriented and it makes me very verbal. And I'm very good at communicating. Mercury is the planet that rules Virgo. And that is the messenger of the gods. So with my interests and in high school, I had these interests without even realizing I was interested in occultism and spirituality. I was into like lucid dreaming and hypnotism and stuff like that. But slowly over time, I've just come to this realization that I need to express these this information in some format and I listen to so many podcasts that this was just such a natural format for me and it's such a unique format too because it's it's so intimate you're having a conversation yeah. with people you know and then I'm not someone who is going to be extremely well studied or factual I'm just good at expressing complex thoughts that I have in my head and that I've connected random details with and this is all I'm trying to do with my purpose and my information and my interests. So I love that you phrased it like that, because that's exactly how this feels as an audio and speaking format. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And then I found that intimacy, the personal, authentic connection that you can receive through a podcast, it's really infectious. You know, for me, the Grimerica show, the Tinfoil Hat podcast, these shows were in my ear for eight, nine hours a day while I was working yep. this past job I had. And and I, I just couldn't help but notice, A, the synchros, B, the overwhelming feeling like I need to get involved with this, and C, Again, the synchros. I have to bring that up again because I want to ask you both. Were there any synchronistic moments that led to you both being like, yes, OK, no more dilly dallying. Let's get the <laughs> like our entire friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, where do we even start? Oh, my God. I mean, I think probably the more defining synchronicity that I can recall is really when we started this journey into occultism. And we had known of the significance of, of numbers and repeating numbers. And that was just like background knowledge, I guess. And I feel like when we really got into first reading Kabbalah, we started to notice so much mystical more. Kabbalah, mystical by Kabbalah Fortune, yes. is the book specific, but it was just constant. And we joked that like we had our own numbers that we would even see all the time. And we would just Still. constantly just find ourselves like having the same thoughts about things or being at the exact same spot in the book. And it was just incredible. It got, it got more synchronistic as and we continued. When we say numbers or when Chas says we saw numbers, that's, I feel like a really simple synchronicity for people. And I always like to bring up the devil's advocate where with skeptical people are always like, well, you're looking for it. But Chas and I are talking about when we really started waking up and realizing we need to do something, we need to start a podcast. These numbers like would happen excessively to the point there was like 44, 44, 44, like in five different places at the same time or whatever number it was at the time. And as we learned the meanings of these numbers, we started to learn the directions they were pointing in symbolic ways. 
And then as we started the podcast, even, I mean, there's been so many synchronistic things with setting it up. I mean, even you messaging us, me choosing this name out of, I couldn't think of a name and I wanted something to be awake. And my boyfriend at the time, but he, he was just like, I, I, I don't like awake in a, in a name. It just sounds so dumb. And I was like, what about just awake, not woke? And even he liked it. And he is so skeptical about everything. He doesn't, he doesn't like much stuff. So when he was like, that sounds really great. I knew it was something that would catch people's attention. And I didn't even consider that it starts with an A. So it's, it's very visible. It puts you at the top of things. And I just feel like it's just drawing so much attention and energy mm. that there's a lot of synchronicities happening around the so creation of even just this podcast. Let's unpack that because I think oh God, yeah. you both are at a level that I take for granted. And I think a lot of our my listeners would probably appreciate if we can expand on that because Absolutely. what you just brought up is so important to me. The value of numbers, letters, and their significance in manifestation. And obviously, A, for very obvious reasons, is mm-hmm. an important number. I used to work at a, or an important letter, sorry. I used to work in a martial arts dojo, and my boss named the martial arts dojo A1, martial arts. And yeah, I asked yeah. him, I'm like, why did you do that? He's like, well, because when you look in a phone book, a one yep. is the first thing that comes up. And, I, you know, that's silly now considering who the hell uses a phone book. But the energy behind that. Yes. Also, I mean, this doesn't give much about me, but my last name does start with a W. So I have spent a lot of my life at the end of lists. <laughs> so being at the front of a list, it was exciting when I realized there was a benefit of starting. Oh, yeah. I guess with an A. Yeah, I'm an S. I know the feeling. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Steve's 30th one to be called in the class. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Usually 31. So, but, you know, aside from the letter A, all of these sigils, right? Because that's what they all are. All these little patterns that we call language. They have an energy in and of themselves that can attract more attention, more awareness, and thus more energy for your whatever it is you're creating you know and i think that the significance of letters and numbers is not to be underestimated but i'm looking at your logo here is there anything significant about the overlapping teardrop sort of shapes that i mean they kind of make a vesica pisces but they're also like I mean, it's a very interesting sigil. It's, it's like a mountain that kind of goes into a vesica Pisces. I mean, there's multiple ways to interpret it. But if you could maybe get in on that and tell me what that yeah. is. Thank you for asking. It is a symbol I designed. Yeah, I was kind of thinking like the as above, so below energies and Chas and I being two people who are individual, but still being a part of this whole of a podcast, I wanted to incorporate that type of energy with the duality within us, although there's duality between us as well. Yeah. And I was hoping that our logo would encompass encompass that energy. And then the little cross at the top was kind of for that energy of four, the four elements, those four earthly elements because this is still a very 
earthly thing to be talking into mics. I'm of earth sign. The elements of this physical realm are very important to this whole idea of having a podcast and talking and having your phone to listen to, into it. So I wanted to incorporate that in there as well, because the duality and the triplicity are what are really important. But that four elemental breakdown is really important as well when you still have to operate within it. Yeah, yeah. And you're bringing to mind, you know, this dynamic between you two, I think that's obviously something that preceded the podcast and naturally flows into what this podcast will become. It's not just your interest, but the compounding of that between two minds that come from different perspectives. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I mean, unfortunately, none of my wide array of co-hosts are here with me today, but I picked <laughs> Jameson because he's been my best friend for so long. He brings out a quality in me that I really appreciated when we started this, you know, because yeah. talking to people you never met before, I, yeah. I can be some somewhat of a chameleon at times, but Jay kind of is rooting me in my more joyful kind of gregarious side, at least at first. Now it's very natural. And I appreciate Jay for that. But I wonder, you know, now that I've kind of gotten more co-hosts and diversified who I'm having on the show, what dynamics we can play on. Like this new project that I found with my new friend, Tara, more than friends now, we're working on this synchronistic <laughs> awesome. project, you know, and it's really, I think, indicative of our charts being so lined up. Whereas Jay and I are in yeah. opposition in a lot of ways, which is uh -huh. good. It kind of yeah. molds us. Tara and I kind of see the world from the same place. Would that be something you both uh, resonate with? Or do you find yourselves coming at, uh, to odds in certain things when you're researching the occult and whatnot? Yes and no. I think that, well, going back to just like even signs like you're referencing. So Sarah is very earth. And I'm an air sign. I'm a Libra. And I have found that I operate so much so in that airy state of just being that literally everybody around me is Virgo. So when I became friends with Sarah, it was just very natural. And she kind of brings me back literally down to earth. But mm -hmm. I think what I bring to Sarah is a willingness to kind of let go a little bit and just, yeah see what comes along. And then when it comes to our opinions on things, I would say that we we pretty much align. I think the biggest difference is the way that we articulate them. Uh huh. And that's why Sarah is so great at this podcast, because she does have such a way of being able to communicate those complex thoughts within her mind. And inevitably, it ends up being how I grow to express my opinion about them as well, because she just mm -hmm. has such a way of putting things. You also have your very unique experience of your upbringing. Yeah. And Chas was up, uh, grow. Bleh. Chas grew up in a very religious upbringing. So she knows a lot about Christianity that I don't. And even just the littlest things of just understanding simple Bible stories give me such a broader perspective on the Bible and Christianity, which has been really helpful in this whole process as well, because I believe all religions have something to show. And Christianity is one of those ones that can really get shit on. And Chash just has so much information and knowledge and perspective from that aspect as well that 
when we're having these conversations, I can explain all day, but having a perspective like that is just going to add a different level of depth to our conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. My first proper guest, David Matheson, does such a great job in his book, Star Myth World. Uh, where is it? It's behind me. It's being blocked by a pillow. I, sorry, David. I would read the title, but I don't remember <laughs> it off the top of my head. But he does such a great job of showing the universality of some of the stories in the Bible and, and how they connect to other myths around the world and really weave into this true human narrative. So, yeah, I think that knowledge base is indispensable when you're interpreting these things. It, it does connect. I wonder how far into the realms of esoteric Christianity you two have gone. I mean, we have dabbled in reading the Bible and thinking about the Bible in esoteric ways. We are still, we have still just put our toes into really studying all of this information, but we have an esoteric perspective from the Bible in general. We just haven't done like any explicit research on the Bible as of yet. That's on our to-do list. I have a, I'm looking at a stack of books at Chas's house right now. That's just glaring me down that we haven't read yet. Yeah. And one thing when about the, just the Bible and all of those experiences, it's kind of something that I have little light bulbs along the way because I spent mm -hmm. so much of my life immersed in this environment where I was surrounded by these stories and verses and just all of these things that now that I'm studying occultism and learning that the Bible in itself is a textbook of, of the occult, really, mm -hmm. um, it's it's really in, kind of incredible to recall all of this information that I learned when I was so young. And now it's coming back into my life, but from a different perspective in a way that has helped me grow in more ways than one. So I think the experience that I have, I am now incredibly grateful for in a lot of ways mm -hmm. because I feel like when it comes to this um, type of studies, it doesn't give me a leg up, but it gives me a little bit more ground to stand on to where I can dive a little deeper than maybe I once could. Right. And, and it, at the very least, a narrative or a framework to draw on. I myself feel the same way, even though I'm not really as grateful as I should be for my Roman Catholic upbringing, you know, it, it definitely lit the fire of curiosity to question those things because of the general sense consensus of like, not curious, you know, no speculation. It was just, Hey, this is how it is. We yeah, learn about this hard. on Sunday. And if you ask questions on Saturday, people are going to be like, shut up. We don't care. You know, I have a hard time with that type of Christianity. And I feel like it's difficult to talk to anybody who's closed minded, especially somebody who's closed minded from a religious aspect, because mm. they firmly believe that they're correct when there is so many different kinds of correct. And that's another reason why I wanted to start this podcast. I wanted to help people frame their own lens of the world so they can more easily see that there is an ever-changing world in front of us. It's never going to be cut and dry and straightforward. There's so many different ways to see it. And the more you look through the occult perspective or from others' perspective, the more you see that. That's why I feel like people who like go to Africa and build churches and shit are always 
looked on as great people because they're they're learning about other cultures. But you can see through the perspective of so many different people by just learning and opening yourself up to those different viewpoints. And you can be a much more well-rounded and open-minded person than somebody who just goes to Africa just based on your own lens. And that's so powerful. And I think podcasts are just such a great way of doing that. Chas and I eventually want to begin uh, interviewing people, but just people that we know who've had really powerful stories. We already know quite a few people in our lives and focus more on the average person's spiritual perspective. And we're going to call it we is me because it is, we are all one. It, it, we are the same. We is me. So yeah, that, that will be like a sub series within awake, not woke. I love it. The ideas are already flowing. Oh yeah. Hi, that's awesome. So in your own lives, how much of this do you incorporate? Cause I mean, personally, I can say there's a, a fair bit of uh, mantras I do throughout my day when I feel like I, I'm in a particular area where I should meditate on certain days of the, the month, full moon, new moon. I tend to at least organize my plans around that. If not spend some time saying a, a mantra or a prayer towards the moon or, or what, are there anything that you, any practices that you guys take part in together or, or separately? We are very huge practitioners of the tarot. That's something that's always been important to us in our relationship. Even before we really truly began this chapter of our awakening, we did tarot and we didn't even know what we were really doing. And just in this last year, it's become such a deep and profound practice for us. There's just so much symbolism and guidance that you can draw from the tarot that it's something that we use on a pretty regular basis. For sure. And we also both have somewhat backgrounds in witchcraft and like Wicca, but not Wicca, the kind of aesthetic like folk magic. Yeah. Folk magic type of witchcraft. It wasn't until recently that we have discovered like secret societies and ritual magic and occult magic from that more like ritualistic and written down perspective. We've been more interested in that just natural using herbs and energy and your focus to create spells and things like that. So that's something that we scatter in our lives on a daily basis when we feel necessary, but it's nothing that not like hexing people or anything. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I have a, I have a pretty decent yoga practice as well, which yeah. for me is a huge way to just achieve that flow state and just be in, just in your body and in the moment and just totally self-aware and love. And I would, that's definitely something I incorporate on a regular basis, which is a ritual to me. I mean, it's something that I prepare for. It's something that I do. It's something where I'm giving honor and reverence to something greater than I, but I'm also giving honor and reverence to myself because I'm doing it and we're all one anyway. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is essential being able to ground yourself in those ways. I too have found much more interest and success even 
in the natural way or what I've kind of likened as like the Gnostic or maybe even some people would call it pagan. Yeah. But really what it is to me, it's universal, you know, because you look all over the world, all these different indigenous cultures that have been isolated from each other. They all share this common reverence with non-ordinary reality and and all of the ways to interact with it, you know, whether that's with plants or, or drumming or chanting or any of the other practices that are really to me, profoundly human you know and then we we look at ceremonial magic and the secret societies magic mm-hmm. it kind of adds another layer to it that i'm still peeling back myself obviously we've discussed alistair crowley before off the air and he kind of fits into that framework in some ways but yeah i definitely think that at the root of it they're both doing the same thing, right? Where when you're when you're discussing ceremonial magic or indigenous practices of connecting with the non-ordinary reality, as Michael Harner calls it, you're st- you're doing the same thing with with different tools. With yeah, you both agree with that. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. We actually just did an episode on the Kabbalah and the tree of life. And I don't know if you're familiar with that at all, like the the geometric tree of life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And in something that always stuck out to me is the lowest to Sephiroth on the pillar of mercy and the pillar of uh, severity. I it's hot and yes, it's uh, the one in the middle. Chessad? No, that one's on the top. I think Netzek. I don't know. Those two, I think it's Netzek. Netzek and Hod. Those are the two spheres that incorporate ritual magic and nature magic. And they are pretty much interchangeable. The line between them is much more blurred than some of the higher spheres on the tree, which represent the more uh, divine and holy aspects of these same energies. But it's just a duality of magical energy and astral energy or God energy on the lowest plane of existence in these higher realms. So from the earth realm, it's the most accessible. So this is the first accessible energy that we have when we're doing these ritual magic or nature magic spells to just enrich our daily lives. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that's just Chas and I are more the types of people who would maybe just draw a tarot card or put a tarot card out on a table that represents something we want to embody that day, whether it's like the emperor card to like just get shit done or uh, the high priestess if we're trying to channel something. But there's many different ways to incorporate the energy and it's just going to be different ways of accessing these higher spheres of magic. So yeah, they're pretty much very similar in nature. And that's something that I have also noticed as I've learned about like these ritual side of magic, because again, Chas and I were very much into witchcraft. The first book I bought was like the Encyclopedia of Witchcraft by Judica Isles. It's just very, it's very informative, but it's, it's nothing to touch too heavily on the like 
Abram Ellen rituals or Crowley or McGrather Matt, like they were in there, but it wasn't something it focused on at all. Right. Mm. Okay. So those rituals, very intense, you know, through my research of Alistair Crowley, things like the Abramelin ritual that you mentioned and others, they're requiring a lot of dedication. But even things like witchcraft, right, require a fair amount yeah. of practice because those, I mean, I've had books like that, not that exact book, but they require a certain amount of experimentation. You take certain herbs and certain times and it can be subtle enough to where the effects aren't noticeable at first, but I'll say in a very sort of serendipitous way, when you forget these things, they tend to come back, you know, like, Oh yeah. Burn sage and you let it go, your intention go. That intention tends to come around. Is that something you both have experienced? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, that forgetting about it and letting it, it comes back around that gets back into synchronicity again, because all the energy that we put into these spells or even just simple acts, like putting a lot of energy into a podcast or something that you're creating, that's putting all that energy and concentrating it into something, which is pretty much what you're doing in a spell, whether you're concentrating it into a candle or concentrating it into like a spell bag or herbs or something like that. It's just the concentrating and the conscious manipulating of that energy and whether it's to manipulate that and for it to create something later or to just maintain energy for whatever reason that may be. I think that it's something that can be really powerful, but witchcraft and pagan ritualistic folk magic like that kind of vibe of stuff is just a lot less commitment <laughs> to right. the ritual magic and the secret society stuff but i feel like it is interpreted as less powerful and i can totally see why but it's also just how much dedication you put into it yeah and the intention behind it yeah mm. yeah and it, something that's always stuck with me through my research is whatever you put out comes back threefold. So that commitment, that dedication that these ceremonial magicians are putting into it, maybe it has its results, you know, but I tend to think that when we're working with the natural world, when we're working with plants and the spirits of the land, there's a more symbiotic relationship that occurs, right? It's ceremonial magic. It's got a lot of attachments, you know, history yeah. and empire and all these things. If I were to make a recommendation, anyone listening, I would say go that route, go the natural route. But when we look at Instagram and this kind of trendiness that is Wicca and witches, I see it, you know, from a weird perspective. Maybe I'm jaded, but, you know, I grew up in New England, so none of this is new to anyone here. It's kind of like a Wicca underground scene here. And it was always seen as just odd, you know. So I got interested in it because I'm odd. That's just how I've always been. And then naturally time goes on and I'm starting to notice that in general, w witchiness is becoming 
more trendy or at least mm-hmm. it seems yep. that way but it, it, it it's almost like a superficial version. Yeah. Oh, wait. yes woke woke version Right. The woke so version. Maybe we can get into that because I feel like you both have a perspective on it. And and maybe that's part of why you, you started this podcast, right? To get some of those superficial, oh, you can just change your life in the blink of an eye type magic notions and, and add some clarity. Yes, to to everything. The the thing you were saying about like the Instagram, you know, which, if you will. That's something that Sarah and I have talked a lot about because it's it's hard for me to like talk about it and not feel as though I'm being very judgmental, but I know I'm not because my intention is about what's behind it. And I think that you can present all you want, but if you don't have your energy aligned and your intention aligned, it's it's all going to be in vain. And I just think that when you have such a intimate relationship with this realm and with this energy and such a clear understanding and open understanding, it's super hard to almost see it be made like a mockery of in a way that might be a little harsh, but I don't think it's harsh, but I think there's also a fine line between the people who do just enjoy aesthetic and the people who are just being fake about it. And I think you can tell when you're practicing it and you do know these fundamental uh, tools and processes and things behind what you're doing. Like when you know that you, you can recognize when other people know that, but there is a lot of that very (laughs) superficialness on, on the internet. And I feel like even back like a year or two ago, I was still kind of misunderstood witchcraft and this energy until I like fully woke woke up to the larger, perspective of like the divine the divinity of oneness the the god energy of the world that source energy once you realize that you're all one and it's all one energy anyway it just changes your perspective because there's no right or wrong there's no good or bad you have to understand all of it and take in all of it and obviously don't go around killing people and murdering people and that's like not good things to do. But as far as like spirituality and energy goes, superficial people end up just only understanding a small portion of one side of the things. That's usually what it comes down to with any woke anything is that's what it usually comes down to, whether it's politics, spirituality, witchcraft, anything. Right. Yeah. And I think what's important is also to understand that a lot of these things that we see in pop culture are framed a certain way in order to give us an unsound foundation of understanding, you know, yeah. give us the impression that we're separate from one another. I think that's really where I always make my first kind of check mark when I'm doing this kind of research is this, is this information making me feel empowered or not? You know, like, I feel like when you get into these love magic spells yeah, and things like that, that are a little more like they're, they're definitely ubiquitous. Cause obviously that's what people get attracted to. You know, your, your heart's broken. You want to solve it. So you go to something like that. But when it comes to that, I feel like there's a sort of tricky hurdle that people either don't get over and they just give up on it 
or they get over it and then magic becomes a part of their life. Right. Because for me, that's at least how it was. You know, I had this feeling like, oh, I got to I got to, you know, get that person back. And really what that developed into is like, no, I need to be the best person I can be and attract the person that's meant to be in that way. Right. Is that is that coming off as true to you guys as well? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this energy is just universe. It's literally universal. So it's it's whatever you're going to apply to it. So I think a lot of people who are weary, a lot of Christians who tend to get weird about satanic stuff just aren't realizing that there is no division and that if you are true and sovereign and and aligned with that higher purpose, there's no room to worry because you're not going to fall victim to these lower energies. And I think a lot of people who do fall victim to these lower energies are not aware that there's only one higher true thing, even if there are lots of beings and things to work with below that. And there are light things that you can work with and there are dark things to work with. But at the end of the day, it's still all underneath this umbrella of the all. So if you were always remember that you will always be aligned with the higher purpose within your magic and your witchcraft and whatever practice you choose to have. But if you are ever not totally sure, I'm watching Star Wars for the first time ever. And Chas keeps getting mad at me because I won't <laughs> stop referencing it. You can reference it all I you know, want. But I just, you just have relate. never seen it. No. I know. <laughs> but it truly is a great metaphor for this this type of energy because people get so scared of the dark side, but the Jedi are using the same force as the dark side. They just, they just know not to go to the dark side. They know it's there. They're there. They're there to balance out the universe. They're not there to get rid of the dark side. So I just think that's such a powerful metaphor because a lot of people can get scared of this. They're like, Oh, I I would be too scared to get possessed by a demon or something. Yeah. And I think that this is, honestly a good time to just bring up a little bit of of Crowley because we were talking about that earlier where you can't have the dark without the light vice versa and when you were actually on we, we listened, we listened to, to your episode yeah to <laughs> the tinfoil yeah. hat episode with you <laughs> and when it was like near the the end of it when Sam was getting pretty we were both like sitting here listening to it together and we were like He's just trying to say that, like, he wasn't even responding to what you were actually saying. No. He was just worked up about something completely different. God loved him. But that's something we actually just talked about today. And I think that's something with witchcraft, with anything, it's not all love and light and, you know, shine your crystal and sprinkle roses everywhere. I mean, it's hard shit sometimes. Sometimes you save the bones from the chicken that you ate last night. Yeah. Used for something later. Or, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just do weird shit, but also sometimes it's, it's the dark. And I think for me personally on, on my journey, I have found my biggest growth and biggest insights and biggest like connections with the divine and with my higher self in those dark moments. And that honestly has taught me more than any, I love, I sound like so emo, but I, I love the good things. Those are great, great, awesome, valuable things. But 
it's in that there's something to the darkness that you just, they're not separate. Yeah. It's one. And that's why I think I align with it so much because I'm not trying to make a distinction. I'm trying to embrace it all. I think that's a sign of like spiritual intelligence too, though, because my friend, he is very interested in Jordan Peterson and he gifted me his self-authoring program. And it's basically you just write about your whole life and then reflect on it. And it helps you like reframe your future and all that. It's very helpful. But I was doing some of the past authoring stuff and I'm like, cool. There's, I just write about a bunch of shitty stuff that happened in my life. And I was talking to my friend Andrew about it. He's like, it didn't say just write about bad things. And I'm like, those are the, the only things that were like really impactful though. And that really changed my perspective. This so, is why we're friends. Yeah, no, but that's, that's what came to mind because it, it's true. Those, those negative things are what we end up learning from the most and life's just about growth anyway. So why should we be ashamed of the hardships we've been oh, through? I'm not. <laughs> I know you're not. And you're going to write a book about it. Hell yeah, I am. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. And it's the forest fire that enriches the soil for the next uh, year of growth. I mean, that's exactly why we study the elements when we go through this practice of initiation and the alchemical process. I mean, it's truly a metaphor. You, you take your dark shadow side that can be thought of as the soul or lead, you know, and, and your soul progressing to a point of gold, right? And I think in order to live in this third dimensional world, you have to recognize the duality. And yeah, the, the magic doesn't just lie in the good things as you very astutely point out. I, I agree with that. I think it's it's in some of the darker moments in my life too, where I've had some of the most profound realizations, right? And and yeah, it's important to not be afraid because it's in those moments too, when you're brave, when you realize the true nature of the universe, that, that we are whole and not separate from source. And there is really no point of fear in my mind. And maybe this is truly mm -hmm. personal, but I don't fear death because of that. Right. No. You know, and, and amen. I mean, look at that. You guys didn't even hesitate. <laughs> I love it. No. You know, and that's the that's the type of resounding feeling I get when I have these conversations is like when you take this spiritual torch and hold it above over your head, you, you, you really feel like a, a warrior. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. No, it's so true. And I think that it all of this really aids in helping us just be in, in this simulation in this matrix and all of these tools that we're learning along the way, it just makes the experience that much more impactful, but ultimately it supports us within the simulation to, to get through and do, do what we're here to do. Yes. This word simulation comes up all the time for me now, and maybe it's because I'm resisting it. But I just feel like the uh, metaphor of the simulation is great, but it's just that, folks. Okay, I'm not trying to live in a computer. I'm not trying. No. Yeah, no. So transhumanist. Let's get into that. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I have a lot of those. We're um, actually going to record a whole episode about yeah. that, but we'll definitely touch yeah. on it. Yeah. No. So my perspective on the simulation is it is a organic simulation. So simulation and game theory are wonderful. That metaphors and analogies 
for our reality, but I do not think we are in a aliens computer somewhere. I don't think so. Either. I do not think it's that literal, but I love the simulation in the matrix as descriptions for it, because there's a few different sources that always come to mind when I have these conversations that really solidify it for me. And those are the Kybalian by the three initiates and a CIA document titled The Gateway Experience, I believe is what it's called. And those are two documents that are very not about like a literal simulation. The gateway theory gets into that, but gateway theory talks about the holographic universe. And then the Kybalian talks about the mental universe. So combining those two theories, I believe that whatever the all is, which I don't think we can understand the all, because again, going back to the Kabbalah, which is why Chess and I made our second and third episodes all about the Kabbalah because we reference it so frequently. But going back to the Kabbalah, we can't understand the all because it's so infinite and powerful and unknowable that we could never possibly know it in our finite bodies because we are part of it, yet it is everything and our brain just kind of malfunctions in order to maintain a holographic reality around us. So that's why we can't understand the all. But the simulation is just the lowest representation of what the all has manifested in this universe. So again, back in the Kabbalah, as the energy flows down from the highest sphere, which is God and that source energy and manifest into Malkut, it slowly forms and creates this universe. So this is all just molded out of that same energy. And we understand that from like physics and stuff too. It's all empty space. The atom is just this vibrating thing that somehow is vibrating at a frequency that we can just see as physical objects. Those are literally holographic little atoms. So it's a holographic universe. It's not a literal simulation, but it's a holographic. So by that aspect and that understanding you get into those synchronicities and those those numbers that are popping up and those those little things that just happen to go just your way you run into the right person at the right time that's the simulation responding to you and our input into the simulation is our witchcraft our spell work our mantras all that that's our input into the simulation we can imagine that as like putting in information to our computer. And then the output is those synchronicities, those numbers, those awakenings, those realizations. And then do you, do you play video games at all? Everyone around me does not play video games. <laughs> Wish my co-hosts were here. They're pretty much in a video game world. All Have you time. ever played like Skyrim or the Witcher or Grand Theft Auto or anything like that? Yeah, there was a time in high school when I played Grand Theft Auto religiously. So, yeah, cool. I've been in the simulation. I made a choice yeah. to believe it. <laughs> I love those games for that metaphor, though. I actually yeah, am not even a gamer, world. but in the yeah, last few years. What was that? They call it open world. Yeah, uh, no, for sure. Because in the last few years, I, I just got into Skyrim and The Witcher and I played through those games and I've never been a gamer before. But kind of during and after my spiritual waking, I played these games and realized that it's a fantastic metaphor 
for the reality we're in, not only because it's like an open world simulation, but I also believe because of this fall of energy from the all that we have to experience, because I like to imagine the all or source as like a big primordial soup that makes up everything, but it starts out the soup and then it has to fragment down into these individualized pieces. So we're just a piece of the all, like as if you took a spoonful of soup and that was your, your little spoonful of the all. And if you put that back into the all, you would no longer be yourself. You would be back assimilated with the all. So in order to fall all the way down into this manifestation, we have to be aware uh, that we have left the all and then we have to choose to be incarnated. This is all up for debate. I'm not saying I know this for a fact, but in some way or form we have chosen, whether that's like I literally chose to leave or it's some interdimensional thing. I don't know, but we literally like choose our character. So when you play like Skyrim or Grand Theft Auto and you choose how fast or how how much armor you have or whatever, those stats going in are kind of what you're doing going into an incarnation. You choose your purpose or like why you want to be there. That I, I feel like we talked about her before. She was on Tinfoil Hat North Star. Yeah. The Akashic Records. Yeah. What's her name? Amy Belair. Yes. yes. And she talked about her son who incarnated just, just to, to die. die. And that really put into perspective this concept I had been throwing around in my brain for a really long time about this incarnation because you do choose, but you also have to forget in this incarnation. So you go into the game like a fresh Skyrim character. Your stats are chosen, but you just got to figure it out. And then as you play the game, certain things start to happen. And oh, all of a sudden there's there's a carriage that's knocked over in my path. Would you look at that? That's a great coincidence. Let me start this quest. And that's how that's how life works. So anyway, that long ass winded answer to your question. <laughs> the simulation is not a computer, but it's a metaphor that just works too well to not use. Yeah, no, agreed. And there's no reason to apologize. We love those types of answers. <laughs> Gives me plenty of time to think of my next thing to say but yeah i mean (laughs) this has been so far so good i'm loving it i want to know how we as people in this convenient metaphor the simulation as you described i like it the organic simulation that's kind of what i've been beating around the bush to get to but Living with this solutions-based mindset, how would we leave our listeners, you know, with a path to navigate? So far, obviously, you both are just getting started in the podcasting sphere. How many episodes do you have so far? Recorded? I have like six or seven. So and what was that? Well, that would be a good place for people to start as those start getting released. But what kind of spiritual guidance? can you give to those who maybe are new to a lot of these ideas today? Like what's the first step? Don't, don't doubt anything. I would say go into it with no real expectation or desire other than just to, just to be and to know and know that you won't understand everything. If you're coming from any type of 
crazy religious upbringing, don't discount everything you've ever been told because whether it pains you to say or not, there's probably some truth to it. But most of all, just know that you are love. And as long as you stay there, you're going to know everything you need to. Yeah. Yeah. That is beautifully put. I think also just not being afraid to study and dive into these subjects that can seem so complicated and finding someone that resonates with you because there a lot of these teachers are all saying a lot of the same things. We have so many book recommendations, but we just recommend that you study these ancient ways of seeing the world, whether it be alchemy, yoga, Buddhism, Christianity, paganism. Yeah. All of it. As long as you're coming from a perspective of, I want to know what is true, you will find what is true. And I think coming from the aspect of game theory and the simulation, just being ultimately present and being aware that you're here for a reason and that you're in the game and that you're playing the game and turning your life into a I want to play to be the best and even treating like workouts. I'm going to, I'm going to work out to be the best player I can be. I'm going to make as much money as I can so I can make my own job and level up in life. I like gamifying your everyday experience can really be a valuable spiritual lesson as well. Cause it forces you to be ultimately present, which is the only thing that exists anyway, because we the future has not come yet and the past no longer exists. So being ultimately present and always playing as if you had a controller in your hand and a quest to do is the best way to look at life. And that's what we looked at this podcast. Again, just all coming back to that because it's so prevalent in our lives right now. We've treated getting this going as something that is just the next level of our game. And it's so exciting to treat life like that because you realize you literally can do whatever you want. You just like in an open world game. So I think that is really powerful. And I think that can be applicable to a lot of different perspectives too. So. Yeah. And this is synchronistically right in line with a lot of the things I've been talking about on my Patreon, this new project I started, the synchronistic experiment in the ever-expanding now, you both are a part of it. Like you said in the towards the beginning of our conversation, you know, it all just kind of happened the way it did with no real seeming reason until now, retrospectively, right? Because yeah. Here we are. We have already one great conversation down. I'm sure this is the first of many, and I'm excited to hopefully be uh, a guest on your show one day. But yes, this has please. been really fantastic. I mean, really looking forward to getting into Crowley deeper because I know that's a point of interest we both share. And, and yeah, with that, Sarah and Chas, bravo. Thank you for being here. Is there anything you would like to leave the listeners with? Obviously, they can find the Awake Not Woke podcast in all the places podcasts are found. Yes, absolutely. Awake Not Woke podcast on Instagram. We are at Awake Not Woke podcast. We also have a website. I'm still working on it, but it will be and always be awake not woke podcast.com. 
And we have a Twitter, but I don't use it a ton. I usually just use it to make Instagram posts out of, but that's <laughs> at Awake Not Woke pod. But yeah, we for a lot more things to come on these platforms and we have a lot planned. So yeah, this is all really exciting. Thank you for having us on. Thank this you so much. Yeah, no, I appreciate you both joining me. This has been a lot of fun. And of course, you can get all those links that they just mentioned at altmediaunited.com slash awake hyphen not hyphen woke. So please go and support them on the beginning of this very exciting journey. And with that, thank you for listening to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I hope you have a great moment wherever you are in the now. Motherfuckers, it's a beautiful day to be alive. It's Monday. You're listening to My, My Family, Family Thinks, Thinks I'm, I'm Crazy, crazy. podcast. Dead because Mark is bananas. Host Mark Palmer. Figured it out, yeah.